Well, good morning and welcome once again to NBC Church Online. It's great to be together. Today's kickoff Sunday, we're going to preview a few things of how things are going to go forward in the future. And I just wanted to share some things that are on my heart that God has been putting there. And uh, as we kick off a new sermon series, you're going to just hear more about that as the weeks go by. Well, on March 15th, 2020, Sunday morning meetings were canceled right across the province. And churches at that time began to scramble to do meaningful ministry, online ministry, having a presence online and meeting the needs of their community and uh, their church family. Thus began the days of COVID-19. Larger churches that already had an online presence found it easier, but many churches like Milton Bible Church scrambled to make things happen. Um, God in his sovereignty and his goodness had two young men that had grown up in the Milton Bible Church youth group, uh, and that was Jacob Curry and Joel Camilleri, and they have been a godsend in helping us through these days and keeping us together as a church. Almost everything at NBC, except for our Sunday online ministry, began to be canceled as we began to reshape a new day and what it would look like in a ministry in a time of pandemic. Almost everything about NBC was canceled, and for several months, many of us believed that it would only be a short time till we got back to life as it was uh, normally. Kind of like the SARS thing where the, the where sickness went through, some things got shut down, but quickly reopened again and life got back to normal. Many of us thought May, midsummer at the latest, and we'd be back at the cottage, back to the beach, back to traveling, back to doing whatever it is we wanted to do. Well, now we know that COVID-19 is gonna be with us for the next one to two years. And even with a vaccine being readily available in the spring, it is going to take a while for it to be distributed and uh, it will be a slow road back to church life as it once was. Now that means we're going to be living with two meter physical distancing and masks for some time in the foreseeable future. It's going to change everyone's reality for some time to come. And should a second wave occur, which many medical experts predict, it is quite probable that we could move back into phase two uh, lockdown or semi-lockdown once again. And it's not just NBC and, and churches that this pandemic has affected. It has affected many, many people. We live in a day of job loss, stores closed, Businesses shut down, sickness, and even fear of death. Where there's a fear of returning to school, there's polarizing politics in both, both north and south of the border. There's civil unrest in the face of social injustice. And we're living in a time where society is kind of a tempest that is boiling and most people, I'll be honest with you, don't even seem to notice. So the question is, where are we going as a church? What is NBC going to do? And how are we going to respond to these times in which we live? Well, I believe we need God more now than ever. 
We need a church that will cry out to God in our time of need. We need a, a church and church leaders that will call the nation to prayer, that will call its people to repentance and turn back to God once again. We need church leaders to see the kingdom of God come to earth where we have a saving, healing ministry amongst our neighbors and in the nations. We need a saving touch from heaven. And in order to see that happen, we need to pray. We need to pray. So today is kickoff Sunday. And I want to talk to you about what God is laying on my heart and laying on other people's hearts. So we're going to begin a series called Your Kingdom Come. Your kingdom come. And this is our prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the cry of my heart. The story of the Bible is the story of the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is, is uh, the same as the kingdom of heaven. It's just used differently, named differently in different gospels. But from now, for now, we're just going to use the term the kingdom of God. So what is it? Well, simply put, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is the rule and reign of Christ. You see, there can only be a kingdom when there is a king. And the definition of the kingdom is very simple, both in Hebrew in the Old Testament and in Greek in the New Testament. It refers to the same thing, to rule and reign over something. In Psalm 22, verse 8, it says, For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. And then Psalm 103, verse 19, it says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So for the next four weeks, we want to paint a picture. We want to paint a picture of the kingdom, what the kingdom looks like in our relationships, both in the church and outside the church. We want to, we want to paint a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like in our hearts and in our homes and in our families and in our jobs. So today what I want to do is just take a short time and I want to use broad strokes I want to take a brush and use broad stroke, strokes and really just talk about three marks of the kingdom. Three marks of the kingdom. They all begin with the letter P. Why the letter P, you say? Well, it just makes it easier to remember. It's just helpful. So the three Ps are the presence, the power, and the promise. The presence of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom, and the promise of the kingdom. We're going to briefly take a look at those three marks. I believe those three marks are the key marks of the kingdom of God. So the first one, the first P is presence, the presence. Do you know the entire scripture from beginning to end can be summed up in three words, God with us. God with us. From Genesis to Revelation, this theme permeates the entire Bible from cover to cover. In Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, it's where God and humanity walk together as friends. Then we move into the Old Testament uh, further with the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. It contained the Ark of the Covenant, which was the symbol of the presence of God on earth. The incarnation of Jesus Christ was God putting on human flesh and dwelling with us. 
In John chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus was talking to some religious leaders. And he said that the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. In other words, what he's saying is, listen, understand the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is right now. The kingdom of God is standing before you because the mark of the kingdom of God is the presence of God amongst the people. That's the first mark. And it's important to understand that. Since Jesus was present, the kingdom of God was right there with them in that very moment. So Pentecost was marked by what? The coming of the Holy Spirit, God with us. The, at the end of the book of Revelation, at the end of the Bible, the new heavens and the new earth, Revelation chapter 7, the theme is God with us. Do you know, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, the bride of Christ, the church, will be presented to the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the, the, the picture. The picture is of the future. And at the end of the story, it is the church, the people of God, the bride of Christ, with the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, living together as one in the new heavens and earth forever. Do you know what? I have officiated a lot of weddings over my 30-something years as a pastor. And do you know what? I have never once seen an ugly bride. I've never looked down the aisle and watched the bride coming down the aisle and go and say to myself, ooh, nothing like that. Brides are beautiful and they are spectacular. I believe the role of the church is to present the bride of Christ to the bridegroom, beautiful, spectacular, splendid, without blemish. Our role is to prepare her for the fullness of life with him in the future. And the beauty of it is, he is present in this time helping us. The presence of God amongst the people of God. It is absolutely spectacular. Jesus walks with us and helps us every step of the way to see his kingdom come. The second P, the second mark of the kingdom is the power of the kingdom. It's the word power. You see, one cannot talk about the kingdom of God without mentioning the word power. A lot of people avoid this. A lot of people kind of skirt around this. But it is impossible not to talk about power, the power of the kingdom of heaven when you're, when you're talking uh, about his kingdom coming. You see, on the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter, he spoke of signs, of one, signs and wonders as he boldly preached the gospel. In Acts chapter 2, verses 21 to 23, I want you to understand, here's the context. It is the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God has fallen upon the, the, the disciples in the upper room. They go outside and they boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is what Peter says, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Understand, the goal is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says this, men, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus, 
delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. And then Peter goes on and he begins to explain, fully explain the truth of the risen Christ and how Jesus Christ died for our sin, how he bore it, how he was buried, and three days later rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, now sits at the right hand of the Father. And then he calls the people that he's preaching to, to repent, be saved, baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit, to receive the gift of the Spirit. That is the context of this passage. And in this passage, he talks about Christ and his kingdom coming with power, signs, and wonders. You see, the purpose of the signs and wonders was to authenticate the message and the mission of Jesus. And the salvation of God had come. And along with it comes the presence and the power. The salvation was authenticated and demonstrated by signs and wonders and miracles. And I've heard it said that the fruit of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, you know, uh, etc., the, the fruit of the Spirit shows off uh, the, the love of God. But the, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit they show off the power of God. Now, it's absolutely essential to understand that as a church, we are after the presence. We are after the presence of God, God dwelling with his people, God stirring up, God the Holy Spirit, stirring up the fruit of the Spirit within us, God himself giving us gifts to empower us to live a kingdom living. But understand this, we don't, we don't go for the power. What well, we go for the presence because along with the presence comes the power. Do you know what? I love my wife. I don't love her because she's a good cook or because she's a good driver or because... You know, she says uh, nice things and, 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 and uh, you know, is, is gentle with everyone. That's not why I love her. I don't love her because of the add-ons. I love her because of who she is. And I appreciate her for who she is. Understand this. The presence of God is what we're after. God dwelling with us, a love relationship with him, the bride and the bridegroom together forever, celebrating one another, knowing one another. This is the big theme uh, of, of the scriptures. And along with it comes the power. But first we seek the presence, then comes the power. Understand the order. It's absolutely essential. I see way too many Christians going after the power of God. God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, bless me. God, take care of this problem. No, no. Go after God. Go after God. And along with the presence comes the power. And that's why Jesus teaches us to pray Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's all about you, Father. He's teaching us to seek God so that his purposes and his plans are accomplished in his power, in and through his people. I want you to understand that we do not receive Jesus Christ as Savior and get saved just to get a free ticket to heaven so we can be with God forever when we die. We are saved to live for Jesus now, to see his kingdom come to see his will be done, to see earth, see heaven touch earth. 
to see his rule and reign now. You see, God wants his world to be ruled by humble and forgiven sinners who love him more than anything else. It is the culmination of the cross and the resurrection power of Jesus that fulfills the plan of God of salvation. See, the dynamic resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power in which we live. And the purpose of the power is to lift Jesus high, to magnify his name forever. And just like Eden, and just like the tabernacle, we are commanded to go into all the world and make disciples, build followers of Jesus who will make disciples who will teach others to obey everything that he has commanded. That's our responsibility. What Jesus is doing is he's telling his followers to be bearers of the light, to bring kingdom life and light to the nations. It's the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. Bring order to chaos, bring light to darkness, bring beauty to brokenness, and bring peace to conflict. That is our calling, to go in the presence of God, in the power that he has bestowed upon us from heaven, proclaiming his goodness and his grace. That is our calling, that is our commission. So not only do we see the presence, but we also see the power. But the power is for a purpose. The last thing we see is the promise. The promise. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, we looked at it a few weeks ago. It says this, The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. You see, the Bible speaks about the fact that God's people will rule and reign with Jesus forever. And I love this verse because the picture here you know, is of Jesus Christ who is on the throne with the Father. And what he is saying, for those of you who persevere, for those of you who push through, for those of you who are committed to kingdom living, guess what? You will rule and reign with me forever. And you know what? The throne, it has some more room on it. It's like the bench is bigger than you think it is. And you're gonna be sitting on it with me. So let's shove over a little more because there's a lot more room on this throne throne in, in order to get those who have been faithful to him and lived for him and persevered for him will rule and reign with him forever. And this is the promise of God. And for some reason, we as a church, we don't talk about that much. We, we don't talk about the promise of God to rule and reign in his kingdom with him forever. And I'm not really sure why. Maybe because we're modest. Maybe because we don't understand it. But for some reason, the church doesn't talk about it. But we need to understand this. We need to understand this as a part of the family of God. See, the Bible says we're not in the kingdom of slaves, but that we are sons and daughters and co-heirs with Christ. That's who we are. That's our position. And that's the promise that is given to us. You see, when we're saved by grace through faith, we are adopted into his family. That's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, here, I want you to begin with this way, our Father. Our Father. Not my Father, not just your Father, not just his Father, not just her Father, our Father. Our Father. Our Father. We begin prayers 
for the kingdom in the context of family. And if we don't understand that, we're not going to understand what God has for us fully in the days ahead. We must understand the kingdom in the context of family. Family who are part of a dynasty. A dynasty that will rule and reign forever with him in glory for his name's sake. It's essential that as Christians, we are the family of God. I want you to understand absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt, you have a father in heaven who loves you. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Do you believe that? You have a father in heaven who loves you. I'm just wondering if you could just take just a quiet moment right now and just say within your spirit, my heavenly father loves me. My heavenly father loves me. Now, can we say it out loud? Let's make it audible. My heavenly father loves me. He does. And we will never understand what it is to live in the kingdom of God fully until we understand that we are part of this great dynasty that Jesus is building and that we are his sons and his daughters who will rule and reign with him forever. The promise is spectacular. The promise is incredible. And I've been invited into the presence of Jesus and given the promise to rule and reign over him forever for his glory and his glory alone. Do you know, when we look at that, and as Christians, when we look at our future, that should take care of the temptations and toys and trinkets that so quickly distract us. Whether it's a temptation for pleasure or whether it's pressure to compromise, whatever it might be. But just to understand that this is our future in heaven forever. And you know what? I would not trade that for anything. There is nothing on this earth that will be compared to the promise of the kingdom with the Lord Jesus Christ, reigning and ruling with him forever. So it should cause us to get excited and to push through and to persevere for him. It's called the now and the not yet. Today we have an opportunity to live in the presence and in the power of the kingdom of Jesus. But we also understand that there is more to come. There is more to come. It is the both now and the not yet. The kingdom will not be fully complete in our day, but it will be fully completed when Christ returns and restores all of creation under his rule and reign. So let me ask you, what really does the world have to offer us? What really does the world have to offer us? Or can we say, like the Apostle Paul, can we say, that we will not trade this temporary life uh, and, 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 and fleeting existence that we have for the fullness of God in his future. Understand this, this is not about me. 
It's about us. It's about us as the family of God stepping into the fullness of his kingdom together. And all, have been, all who have been called into the, this diverse global kingdom, all of us need to do this step forward together. We're in this together with God and with one another, one another. So can you pray this prayer with me? As we move into this new day, this day which will be a new normal of COVID-19, whatever that might bring, with a restriction of freedoms, with a not understanding of what may happen in two months from now, should a second wave occur, a prayer that is above all circumstances says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you pray that prayer with me? Can we pray that prayer as a church? Can that be our heartbeat for, COVID, for the age of COVID-19 for as long as this time shall last? I will tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ is not bound by walls it is not bound by sickness or disease. It is not bound by, by programs or no programs. I will tell you, God in his power will move the kingdom forward with us or without us. And I say, we go with him. We go with him in that. Understand this, I believe with all my heart that God is shaking the nations God is shaking the nations and God is changing the church. And he is saying, you are no longer able to do ministry the way you have been doing it. Things must change. And God has a plan to move his kingdom forward. And may we be the people who pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Let us be the people that cry out to God that his glory be above all else, above our fears, above our inhibitions, above our, 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 our possible, uh, um, uh, what I would call blase attitude, where we say, well, I'm safe. I've got money in the bank. I've got a job to go to. I'm okay. You know, and then you got the people who just lock up the compound and drop the drawbridge. And they live in fear. And they don't live in faith. And they so, certainly don't have the kingdom of God on their mind unless they're fooled into thinking it's just the kingdom of God you know, in, you know, in their little, this big world. Wrong. The kingdom of God is so much bigger and we all have a role to play. Safely, with wisdom, but we all have a role to play. So will you go forward in faith? looking for opportunities to see heaven come to earth. Can we do that, church, as the family of God, forward together, the presence of God, the power of God, and the promise of God? Well, let me just say, during this time of COVID-19, during this time of new normal, I believe with all my heart, it is a time to keep things simple and get back to basics. Keep things simple and get back to basics. So here's what I believe we need to do. 
We need to be laser focused on the mission that God has called us to, to make disciples and transform lives. Making disciples, transforming lives. That is the call of God upon our church and upon the church, the wider church, those who belong to Jesus Christ. That is the call of God. And we need to be laser focused to make sure that everything we do during this time is accomplishing the mission. No fluff, no extra, no misguided, you know, uh, 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 arrows, no getting distracted, but everything is measured around the goal of making disciples. The second thing I think we need to do is to dig deeper with God and with one another, to dig deeper with God and with one another. We need to do that through pastoral care, through each one of us caring for one another in ways that we haven't yet done before. We've done a good job when COVID first broke out. We set up teams, uh, contact teams, but some of that has just kind of fizzled out. And frankly, my fear is that we're going to leave some behind. Some won't hear from us. We won't hear from one another, and we'll stop loving and caring and building one another. And my heart says, no, we need to have a second uh, a wave, like uh, just a second drive, a second pile of energy that says, we're going to just really love one another in Jesus' name. Secondly, we need to go deeper in discipleship and leadership training. That means connect groups that make a difference in our lives. That means people who are being raised up to lead with gifts of leadership. That means we need to have we need to have expanded ministry teams so that it's not just a few that are carrying a lot, but it's the many uh, carrying one another. And I think that, that we're so desperate to see that happen. And so each week you're going to be invited into ministry opportunities and, and, and see where you fit, where you belong, where you can serve, because I believe you can. I believe that you are a vital part of seeing his kingdom come. And, want, you, and I believe you want to be a part of that. And it's up to leadership to help make that happen. And then the last thing, I think we have a high commitment to keeping both our in-person Meetings happening at uh, the Connect Center and also a high commitment to our NBC Church Online where we're still in two kind of spheres being the family of God together. And we have a high commitment to both those things to make sure that we are moving forward as a family together, serving together, loving together, praying together. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We so desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray that prayer with me? Will you pray that prayer with me as we move into this fall season? as we begin to kick off our fall ministries, will you pray that prayer that so delights the heart of God? Church, I think God has great things in store for us. My heart is filled with optimism. It's filled with positivity. We have a great team. We have a great church. And I'll tell you, I'm so excited about the future. Why? Because we have a great God. We have a great God who walks with us, who empowers us with his power and who gives us a promise 
of not only an eternal future, but a now that is fully in him. And so we just look forward to the days ahead. And may God be the glory. Great things he will do as great things he has done. Bless you, church. Kickoff time. May this just be a great fall season, the greatest we have ever enjoyed in the fullness of the kingdom. In Jesus' name.